You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now on the line from Hawke's Bay, I'm joined by Devin Abrams, a.k.a. Pacific Heights. Atamarie, how you doing? Morena, Morena Radio 1. Ah, welcome back. It's good to have you back it's in good, the show. Always good to be back. Uh, the Waters Between is out today, your brand spanking new album. So first off, congratulations. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Um, exceptionally great for this record because this has probably been the longest um, uh, making of a record. Yeah. yeah. So very happy. Very happy, Jamie. Is there any reason why it took so long? I think a variety of things. I mean, the world's been a complete mess for yes. half of the making of this record, so that, that's that been probably a played a part. But um, distance as well, where I was making the record in different parts of the world, who I was working with, obviously a lot of different collaborators. Um, and then being a the classic producer, I'm always tweaking and not happy with stuff <laughs> until it's just right. It's like, you know, chef in the kitchen that knows they put too much spice in, they've got to start again. You know, yeah. it's just like... But this dish isn't right, doesn't, look, doesn't smell right, put it back in, start again. Um, so there was a lot of that going on. And um, But the upside is, and hopefully people feel this way about the record, I'm exceptionally, exceptionally happy with it. And as my wife says, hugely relieved to have it out of the house in the studio. <laughs> now, it's, it's funny, it's not the first time you've said the old uh, tweaking thing to me before, uh, and, and no doubt it won't be the last time. Um, now, there's a few things that struck me about about the record um, straight away, uh, and if, when, of course when talking about one's music, um, it's how, you know, it's always how to previous output. Um, Correct. And, and you know, and if I listened back to previous albums, especially the last couple. There, you know, there was a, there was patterns, there were formulas, um, you know, songs that kind of built up an upward curve. This record, um, you know, it doesn't follow that pattern this time. Um, did you or do you have like a, a formula to you, to your music? It, you know, is there a pattern that you follow? Is there something? You know, is, is there a, some mathematical formula to it? Is it Fibonacci? What's going on? Oh, I wish I was that smart. I mean, I think the the, the I'm extremely ADHD, so I doubt there's any kind of formula going on. Um, I think, if anything, uh, with my with Pacific Heights, regardless of the, whether the album's got a strict concept or the album hasn't, the the one thing that stayed true right from the beginning is that I've always just followed my emotional personality for each record, where my emotional state was what I kind of want to say emotionally and I think that's true with this record as with all the previous ones mm-hmm. but there wasn't as with the last record it was a very strict um, concept to the last record with yeah. this record it was just I wanted it to be a much more blank canvas but more open framework the only kind of like colour restriction I wanted to put on was I just wanted every song to be about some version of emotional distance and how we deal with that and how we talk about it yeah yeah um, the record has moments on it, um, you know, and sounds. It's, it's really diverse. Um, for me, there's hints of gospel on some tracks. There's, oh, there's, on the money, Jamie. On yeah. the money. How uh, your ears? You're on <laughs> there's Kraftwerk-esque electronica, like kind of 80s R&B, and R&B in general, but there's pop and there's, you know, electronica, uh, and lots of soul. You know, I think the overarching thing is soul on the record. So how did you shape the sound? Well, again, I think that's the beauty of taking as long as I did because if I put the first iteration of the album out, <clears throat> it would sound completely different. It probably wouldn't even have half the songs. It'd be six or seven other different songs on there. 
So I think myself, the the beauty of the what happened with the pandemic and the state of the world and just everything being put on pause for a little bit, is it kind of allowed me to question the direction I was going with, with the album mm-hmm. and getting going back into different inspirations. I was listening to a lot of, as you say, gospel, getting yeah. right into gospel music, uh, Bruce Hornsby, Peter Gabriel, <clears throat> you know, diving in on some of these older records. Yeah. And then trying to figure out a way that they could be, you know, imagined in a more modern kind of context, sonically and stylistically. So um, I had that time to kind of figure that out. And, and I think that was the, I think the product is, a, is a, you know, the joy of having time, you know, and being patient and allowing things to kind of figure themselves out. And, and I guess that, again, coming back to the ADHD thing, there was no formula to it, but it was just constantly chipping away. It was like, you know, what can I do? I'm such a fast learner. I'll go on and listen to songs, try and reverse engineer them. And, yeah, so it was a lot of that. Yeah. Was there anything new you were doing as well? Were you playing with new instrumentation or, you know, new kind of uh, int- uh, plugins or anything like that? Oh, there's always that. I- I'd say... <laughs> Uh, this is like again comes back. Sorry to bring up ADHD. No, go go. go but um, uh, one thing I've always had is I've always had some kind of like a niche addiction, and um, my niche addiction for the last probably um, two or three years has been like uh, plugins, software, and like um, sample packs that are, like drum sample packs, getting breaks and like you know one shots, and I you know trawl the internet. Yeah. shit every day so um, yeah there's always new I'm always learning new software and, and my, one of my friends I collaborate with like, he's like joking he's like you probably don't even know how stuff you've got at the moment because you know I'll get something play with it do something amazing with it and then forget about it for two years Yeah. Um, so yeah definitely a lot of new toys uh, I've got pretty like um, there is obviously a lot of organic instruments still in there like bass um, mm. the guitars you know there's piano but a lot of synth stuff as well and vocoding and, yeah, all kind of sampling, cheeky sampling here and there and processing and, yeah. Nice. Now, explain to me track one, four, and eight. Oh, yeah, the waves. The waves. The, the, waves. the, the no-name waves tracks. Um, they're little, like, just little interludes, just little, like, segue moments on the record that I wanted to kind of, like, have in there for a multitude of reasons, um, mainly to acknowledge the instrumental history of Pacific Heights. Yeah. Um, but also to, like, um, bridge some of those moments together on the record. Yeah, because this is, this is um, collaborator-heavy, and you've always had instrumental tracks on all your records. If you look back at, like, a, a Lost Light, there's, like, three or four, I think, on there. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, and, but this one, other than, you know, the wave tracks, the interludes, um, it, it's uh, vocal-heavy, and you always bring us incredible talent, known or unknown. Um, and, and you know you've done that one again. Um, you know some talent that we know well, and some that I can't wait to get to know more. Tell us about the voices you've brought on. I mean, all of them. I had a deep passion to work with. Um, every artist on there is some. There is something truly unique about them, in my opinion. The sound of their voices, the way that they sing. Um, so I feel very privileged to, have, you know, regardless of whether they're, you know, established or, uh, you know, a, a new and emerging artist. It's that's one thing that I loved about all the vocalists I got to work with. Um, and I think, like, you know, there's something as a producer, there's something really amazing about working with, you know, new and emerging artists because there's just this like, um, it's just naive energy that you can't, you can only have at that point in your career. 
Mm. And it's, as a producer that's been in the industry for 20 years, it's so awesome to get back into that. It almost takes me back to that point when I was that age, you know, doing gigs in Christchurch growing up with Shapeshifter, 18, 19 years old, <clears throat> and just that excitement and anything's possible. Um, so that I really enjoy doing that with all of my Pacific Heights albums is having, you know, newer artists and trying to help maybe get them out more as well. Yeah, and then when you work with the established artists, because of course there's you know your Louis Bakers and the Stan Walkers, and obviously I worked with Dallas Tomato a lot from Freddie's, and yeah. there's there's a certain sense of calm that comes with those kind of artists. They know who they are. They know you know there's always an openness to collaborate and, and make something new together. But they there's a, there's that sense of calm, and that's also quite nice for me as well. Yeah, uh, you don't get more calm than Lewis. No, yeah, Louis <laughs> well, and Dallas. Dallas is a Dallas is a slow mover too. Very yeah. patient, kind of like takes time to think about everything and I'm like the complete opposite yeah so yeah. we're actually working on an EP together for his project which has been really interesting because we're like polar opposites as far as speed goes yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I've heard bits and pieces of that project and it sounds wonderful yeah um, we got three singles out on that one and yeah. then we're working towards a brand new EP of new content at the moment so, yeah, well behind yeah. are they still on tour right now I think they might yes they're on tour in, in Europe yeah, it's huge yeah. over there man like oh. I've seen you the know, videos. It's crazy. It's insane how big they are, eh? Yeah, yeah. I think we forget about that sometimes. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you know, you think about, I guess, in New Zealand or Aotearoa, you've got your, your 660s and your labs and all those kind of bands that are so big in, New Ze- in this country. Mm. But as far as the export goes, Freeze is right up there as easily. They're bigger than all those, those bands, yeah. like, as far as an export band. Like, they're, you know, they'll sell out a 10,000-person venue in London, and, and you know, they're, they're headlining a lot of big festivals over there. And when I travel over there, Everyone knew them. They were played in all the cafes around Europe. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so great. Um, now, this album is your fifth solo record. That's oh, amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. You know, your, your albums are going to school now. You know, the, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, as, par- as parents, we know the uh, we know that's I guess, some version of achievement, isn't it? Yeah. Still alive, yeah. going to school. But how does it feel? <laughs> and, and, and what does the idea of an album mean to you? Well, I think that's a very important question, and given the current climate of the um, creative or the music industry, I I think, if anything, I will always make albums because it's a statement to myself to say that I can do a body of work. It's not just about singles or EPs. It's, it, it, you know, music is an art form, and I think there's no better way to prove that you can do a piece of art than by a body of work like an album. Mm-hmm. And it's very much something I do for myself, um, regardless of what the industry or management or la- you know labels might be working with. It's like I want to make an album, and this is what we're going to work with. Yeah, I like that. I like that because you know art has to be important to you first and foremost, right? If it's not important to you, it's not going to be important to the listener either because we can hear it. Absolutely, it's got to feel genuine, authentic, and. I think if you, you know, even if say five or six songs of the album never, you know, hardly get heard, it's the fact that you put them as a body of work and they surround the songs that maybe connect with people. That's part of something, you know. It's like it's part of a greater tale. Mm, indeed, indeed. You know, um, stories, albums are stories. They're chapters. Absolutely. Each song's a chapter uh, in an album, right? You're 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 in Hawke's Bay. You're in Aotearoa, New Zealand. You know, you know, you are a jet setter. You're all over the place. LA's a second home. I know that, um, but. Is there, uh, uh, do you have the ability and is there an idea around taking this album out to us uh, live, in a live setting? Well, it is a big question for me, Jamie, because <clears throat> one of the one of the reasons why I left Shakespeare many years ago was um, I do get incredible anxiety about performing. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't miss that. I really don't. I feel uh, that... And, and I did tour Pacific Heights with a band, and I loved that band. They were great. You know, it was Louie, it was Deanne, it was a great, great drummer from Wellington, Corey Champion. It was an awesome experience. But I still had that anxiety kind of creep back in about shows. And um, So I think if there's going to be anything, I'm, I'm really intrigued by doing collaborations uh, with other disciplines yeah. and curating special remixes or DJ sets with, uh, or some kind of like musical aspect for those other disciplines. So if, that, if those kind of opportunities pop up, I'd absolutely love to jump at those. Yeah. But I don't know if there's going to be, you know, me touring with a band or even just doing a DJ tour or anything like that for this record. I think it's just um, it's going to have to be more special one-off things. Yeah, like art festival type stuff. Exactly. Exactly, bro. Like, yeah, I hear really that. intrigued by other disciplines and what that can, you know, how that can inform my art and help me I as like well. That. I like that. And I, I love your honesty, man, around the ADHD and the anxiety thing. And I think feel that anxiety with you every time I every time I DJ live <laughs> well everybody you know I mean I'm, I'm on the radio every single day and everyone's like yeah. oh you must be able to do you know public speaking and when I DJ and you know I, I get this massive anxiety and people don't understand why and I guess it's not for people to understand why um, but it's a thing and it's crippling and it's um, you know it's it's, it's yeah yeah I don't I think know it's what a, else I think to it's say about it I think it's important too, for us to be honest about it man yeah. like, I grew up I grew up in a generation where I was that last cut-off point where they didn't know what ADHD was. My younger brother, who's also ADHD, was medicated. He's, like, a bit younger than me. But, you know, it wasn't talked about. It wasn't dealt with. And, like, even my parents struggled with it and didn't know how to, like, you know, deal with it. And I just think honesty and openness, it just helps everyone because everyone that's got some something going on, they, 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 even if they can't communicate it, they just know they're not the only ones dealing with something, you know, and it's like, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I like that. That's fantastic. Uh, as is the record, and it's uh, and as as is speaking to you this morning. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. As always, I'll always love talking to any of the Beanets and the Iwi stations because it's like that is the ground. That's the front line, you know. Like this, this is where stuff starts. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Indeed. Uh, but uh, it's out. The album's out now. Uh, the waters between. Uh, you can find it on all good streaming sites. Is there? Are you putting out physicals? Oh my god! Don't even get me started. We've, <laughs> we've gone down the. We've gone down the driveway a few times to look at the uh, queue for the um, <laughs> the vinyl run. And every time we go down, because we're keen as we're like running down to look at the letterbox and having a look at the road, and it's just like the queue gets longer and longer. And then we jump back and we're like, oh, maybe we'll check in another month. So, I mean, the last conversation I had with the man- my manager was that we were going to try and get some for Christmas. And even that's looking a bit unrealistic. So, I don't know. I mean, we really want to do a small pressing vinyl, limited vinyl run, but we just I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we need another plant, man. We need another plant. We do, and man. It all. Yeah, and it, we, 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 not only in this country, but everywhere. It's like yeah. a real demand for vinyl again. It's freaking awesome. It is amazing. It is amazing. You know, nothing sounds better than the hisses and the pops. Oh, shit, man. I, yeah, I've, I've got a huge record collection, and I've taught the, one of the things I do with my kids before they go to kindy and school is like we put on a record together in the morning and dance around and play. And it's just it's such an experience to put something physical on, eh? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, I'm going to play uh, one of your tracks. What are you going to play, Jimmy? Well, I'm, play. To I'm intrigued by what you pick. You can pick anything. I can pick anything? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I really like Mercy with Solomon. Oh, dude, I just played that on Radioactive. I love that song. <laughs> Did you pick that one? Yeah, they asked me, what do you want to play? And I said, Mercy, because I think that's, that, that little middle part of the album is where it really gets quite yeah. quite unique, I think. Eh? Like that song with, um, with 
Paul McClaney from Gramsci, I think that's really special. And then the and then Mercy and Distant Shades. I just think those three are like, there's something unique happening in that middle bunch, eh? But look at that. Look at that, eh? Great minds. Uh... <laughs> hey, we're on the same page. But I'm um, lovely to chat with you as usual, Jamie. Stay well and um, yeah, stay warm too. down there. And um, I look forward to our next chat. Hey, thank you so much, brother. Catch up um, and we'll, we'll speak again soon. Cheers, mate. All right, kakite. Right, here we go, Pacific Heights, Mercy, featuring Solomon Crook on the one. Just be mine, all the time, all the time is ours. Before we run into the night air, something's broken in here. We were just prisoners, the love was our coliseum, the shit is criminal. This shit is criminal. I wasn't there for you. You were not there for me. This shit is criminal. This shit is criminal. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.